I think it's hilarious because we have done a whole lot of name dropping this episode and we're not getting paid for a single name that was dropped and we're not doing anything video yet, but I think it's overly funny that you actually are wearing a Fender shirt. I'm wearing a sweet water shirt. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I figured I'd, I figured I'd put the Fender shirt on instead of a Gibson shirt. <laughs> a little bit of saving grace. Welcome back to the Pandemic Guitar Podcast. This show is all things music as long as it has something to do with guitars. This is episode number two and we are still working out all of the bugs. The good news is these bugs don't bite and you don't need a vaccine to continue listening safely. We are a father and son team. I am the son, I go by Tim, and the guy on the other microphone is somebody who is passionate about Fender, but hides it well behind a wall of Gibsons. That, of course, is the father figure in this eighth wonder of the world, Rick. How you doing? Pretty good. I like the introduction there. <laughs> I'm trying to change it up. I'm probably going to have to re-record that because I just can't read for whatever reason. That's fine. <laughs> Episode number two, what'd you think about episode number one? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it was uh, a lot of, a lot of good information. A lot of, uh, <laughs> is that what it was? I got, yeah, I got, uh, I sort of got, uh, um, uh, uh, slammed in the side by, uh, by my wife, but, uh, that's, uh, you know, cause, uh, uh when you told happened... me that I had to use that in the, uh, the, the intro, sort of speak, I just. I'm a Fender guy, but I hide it behind this wall of Gibsons. Yeah, well, you know, I'll tell you the story. Um, she she was like, I usually, on after work, I usually uh, call her, and I, you know, heading home. I usually call her and tell her I'm heading home. And uh, first thing out of her mouth was, I thought you are a Gibson guy. <laughs> first thing, first thing. I, it was like, I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, uh, what's, uh, okay. And I then I explained to her, I said, well, you know, I, uh, I, I I like Gibsons too, but you know Fender is uh you know I guess I guess I like both. The story is is that uh, it goes back a long time ago to uh, for my, one of my birthdays uh, she got me uh, tickets to the Gibson factory, you know down in Memphis down there before they closed. <laughs> yeah. And and um, she asked me she says do you want to go to the Fender Fender factory in California and I said no. I said, let's go to the Gibson factory because I knew that they were closing. We oh, went that, down. Yeah. We enjoyed. We yeah. We went down to down to the factory and we enjoyed ourselves. It was a great time. Uh, we got. Uh, we got. A matter of fact, actually, we we went out to see you at uh, what was it, Fort Dix? No, Fort Knox. Yeah, Fort I, Knox. I was yeah. at. Uh, I just happened to be in Fort Knox doing some training, and uh, you guys came down uh, to. Uh, was it Memphis? Is it in Memphis? Yes, it was. Yep, yep. And then I think somewhere in the middle, we met up and had a dinner and and uh, spent some time together. Yeah, it was actually it was actually really good. But uh, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I got broadsided that day. And then <laughs> oh, and then right it didn't stop. It. Yeah, and then it, it didn't stop. It was like I, the next day I have casual day at work, so I get up and I uh, get dressed and I go out the door. And on the way on when I get home, she says, "What's that?" And I said, what's what? She says, you're wearing a Gibson shirt. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> so 
So yeah, and I had to explain it all to her, and you know, I just, <laughs> I just, I really wanted to see the Gibson factory before it closed. Yeah, you know, they closed they closed the Memphis the Memphis uh, factory and uh, moved it to Nashville. So I really wanted to see it. So yeah, I enjoyed <laughs> myself. It was a great time. <laughs> it's just it's just too funny because um, for episode number one, and really other than spreading the podcast by word of mouth, I did go out on Instagram and say, Hey, episode one, finally here. Uh, and I don't think we got any traction on Instagram. I didn't see anybody jump on and give us any hearts or whatever the garbage that Instagram gives. I was pretty shocked to see from the minute episode one released uh, up till now, which is basically almost a week later, how much traction the podcast has received. And we started off on Apple Podcasts and I was able to get us into Spotify and I've gotten us into Stitcher. I'm still working Google and there's a few others. And today I finally got us into uh, iHeartRadio. We're going to continue building and getting the podcast out to as many platforms as we can, I guess. That sounds good. I'm really enjoying doing this and... uh... (laughs) It sort of gets crazy once in a while, but it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it, it, I had a lot of fun editing episode number one just because when you're having a conversation with somebody, it tends to kind of be long and slow. And so you go through and you edit and you take out uh, the dead space and as many ums as you possibly can. And I think there was like a two-minute section in there where it was almost like an um machine gun. There was no way... I was, there's no way I'm going to get them all out. So I was like, eh, I'm just going to leave them in there. Yeah, don't blame you. In the end, the final product I thought was really good. I was very happy with it. So uh, we pushed it out and probably listened to it three or four times myself. And I know you've listened to it. We have some family that's listened to it. So basically, if you uh, take all the listens we've had, uh, we probably had four people listen to the podcast. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to continue working on trying to uh, set up some analytics and stuff like that because uh, I'm kind of interested to see who's listening from where, if anybody, and and so on and so forth. So well, so far we're doing pretty yeah, good, though. I'm happy with it. I, you know, when I when too. I listened back and I, I I was editing and I really didn't catch it, but then when I was when I felt like I was done and I listened back to it, you had mentioned mobile recording and i think at like at the time i was like oh okay mobile recording whatever and then i was like wait a second hold on what do you mean you you enjoy mobile recording actually a better word is uh, portable okay yeah i mean i uh i have a as you know i i have sort of sort of a studio in my house here (laughs) and Yeah, yeah yeah to put it lightly and what i do is i like to sit in my lazy boy and play the guitar mm-hmm. and a lot of times what i'll do is i'll bring up a backing track on like an iphone or an ipad or some other device and uh maybe an mp3 player or something like that and i'll listen to the track and play along with it i mean it helps in a lot of ways it helps with timing and i try to listen to different types of music and comes out comes out but i i find different pieces where i might have something that really works nice in the music mm-hmm. And I might have something that really doesn't work nice. And then I sit there and I try to figure it out, what's going good and what's going bad. So do you do that all on your phone or? No, my iPad. On the, on, mostly. Okay. Yeah, I do have um, I do have an H6, which is a Zoom. Yep. 
And uh, the only thing, the only thing with that is, is that I, uh, I can't. It, I haven't figured out a way. Maybe there is. Maybe there's a way to play the backing track and record at the same time without overdubbing the backing track. I want to. I want to say there record. is, but I haven't there taken might the be. time to try to figure that out. Because I know there's when you go into the the menus and everything like that, you can do multiple folders and. I mean, the thing has a lot of capabilities that I'm not even aware of. I just know that if I'm going out and I'm recording, I'll be like, okay, I, I haven't taken this. I'll, I'll record one thing in folder one, and then when I go to record something different, I'll go to folder two. But I actually, you know what? Speaking of the Zoom H6, I remember I was going to use it to try to record some guitar, and when I was plugging my quarter inch jack into the port, it stopped. It didn't go in all the way and it stopped. And I, I think I reached out to you and asked you if, if, if it's supposed to like go in farther or if three quarters of the way in is all it goes. And I think what you say, you had to like just, just screw it, push it in. Yeah, it, on mine, it went all the way in, but yours was a little different. It, for some reason, it didn't go well, in. I just don't, I just don't sure want to like force it and then break it. I mean, I don't know if it's still under warranty or not, but... Yeah, I don't blame you on that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and the, the other thing that I have is I have a Tascam DB008EX, and it's a... I think it's probably nice. It's an 8-track uh, re recorder. I can put two... It's got two inputs on it, so I can put uh, two guitars or a guitar and a mic if I mm -hmm. want to. And that one, that one, I can play a backing track and record separately on that unit. And that seems to work really well. But uh, my iPad is probably the best. I didn't think about recording at all, you know, and I used to have an iPad and I got to the point where it just sat around all the time and it really never got used. So I traded it in uh, and I, I think I used it to upgrade to uh, at the time a MacBook Air or something like that. And then now I spend, uh, you know, some time sitting on the couch downstairs or whatever and I'll grab the guitar and I'd like to play around with that stuff. And I'm very, uh, I think we both are very Mac or Apple. Like, I mean, that's our um, our um, atmosphere or whatever. What do they call that? Uh, environment. Yeah, uh, environment. Exactly. I mean, we both have that, like, everything's Mac for the most part. So for me to go out and get an Android tablet and try to figure out how to record is going to be super foreign. So... I was just like, oh, I've got my laptop. I've got all this equipment over here. I can just plug into it. I can go into GarageBand and I can figure it out. But it's a pain in the rear when all you want to do is sit on the couch and kind of play around. You, you can't do that. Right. I know the feeling on that. I um, I sit on the I sit in a chair and uh, sometimes on the couch I'll I'll sit there. I might put the stuff next to me or I might have a I do have a stand for it all. I can put it on the stand if I want mm -hmm. to, but I have to assemble it and then take it apart. Sometimes I just don't feel like doing that. You know, you got the computer. I got the computer up here and everything like that. And I've got the guitar sitting right next to me. I've gotten it all. I've, I have everything plugged in. I'm ready to, to try to not really rock, but roll maybe because that's, you know, whatever. And then I've got this computer chair that's got these permanent arms on it. And so now I have to sit all the way out and try not to bang the guitar on my arms. And that's kind of why when you said that, I was like, oh, wait a second. Maybe I should look into like uh, portable recording, portable setups instead of having to just sit here at my desk. Right. Uh, or you could take the arms off your chair. 
I don't work too. I don't know if I can. I think if I take the arm off the chair, the whole back will fall off. I know on some of them you can. I know on the chair I have right here, mm-hmm. I cannot do that. You they can't just, take the uh, arms off. Yeah, the back will fall yeah. off. The the arms are connected to the. Yeah, I think that's arm, uh, the, the exact same issue. I mean, I have my little um, my little chair for my um, my piano, my keyboard. I could probably use that. I just forget to grab it all the time. Right. Yeah, but. Getting back to the iPad, I don't use GarageBand. I mean, me and you, this is the first time I'm, I'm actually using GarageBand a lot more. Mm-hmm. I use, um, on the iPad, I use Cubasis mm-hmm. and Cubasis 3, and I've had very good luck with that. Really um, a pretty decent environment for the iPad. What I do is I try to, um, I try to drive two channels. One will be with any effects that I have, and then I try a DI which is a, a dry channel, because a lot of times what you want to do is I record both of them, even though it's the same, but one has effects on it. Mm-hmm. If I have, if let's say I get all done recording something, even it might be five, five minutes or two minutes or, or even 30 seconds. And then I bring it back to my Mac and I put, throw it on there. And what happens is, is that I may not like it. I may not like the way it sounds. So if I have the dry channel, which means clean, there's nothing, no, no distortion, no, it's just a DI channel. Mm-hmm. It just, I can, I can take and I can add any, like any type of FX type um, sound to it that I want to change it to see if I can create something better. So that's what I usually do. I've never um, thought about doing that, to be honest with you. I just, you know, I've just always thought that you had to hook up your effects to get the sound. Cause you know how, like if you're playing something without the effect, it doesn't sound right. And then, right. you know, so that's why for me, I was like, oh, you got to have the effects. You got to have everything just right. I wouldn't have thought just play it and then record it, put effects on it later. I've never tried that. Well, that's why, that's why I like the, uh, I have two channel. I have, I have two inputs from the guitar and you can do it two ways. You can do, you can either, um, do it through your, um, audio interface mm-hmm. or you can have a wide cable and just have two jacks, one going into each, into two different outputs mono outputs on your audio interface one will be clean no nothing there and the other one will have your uh you know your effects on it so that you can hear it and you might uh, you might be more creative with the effects on like you might want a little reverb on it you might little want a little fuzz you might want a little sustain on there those are all uh things that i use personally mm-hmm. not so much fuzz more sustain uh, reverb but not a lot just a little depending upon the song and uh, or depending upon what I'm trying to accomplish. Do you actually are you using an actual pedal board with pedals or, or is this all software effects? Um, I have both. I have software effects. Okay. And I do have um, I'm trying to think of what the name of the company is who I do that from. It's uh, they're very good with their effects and stuff. And then I also have a pedal. It's a oh it's a Line Six uh, Pro. Uh, I'm sorry. Go. I think it's a Go Line Six Go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll use that too, and I'll hook it up to my computer, and it's a lot easier to select stuff and select different, uh, uh, you know, change things. It's a lot easier instead of using the pedals. I haven't, um, I haven't gotten used to all the switches yet. So. <laughs> right. Uh, you're gonna have to let yeah. me know when you remember what the software is. I've seen a few out there. I know um, Positive Grid supposedly makes a, a really good effects software i think it's called like bias or something like that but you know i looked at it and i was like "Mm, i'd really like to be able to play around with different things and not have to spend a whole bunch of money and so far everything that i've found 
is expensive yeah there's there's really nobody out there that i've seen anyway and again i haven't really been looking too hard but you know at least give me you know 30 days to play around with 60 percent of what you have and say yeah this makes sense you know don't just give me the four basic effects and they're really limited and they don't really do anything and they're hard to control or whatever because that's not going to turn me on to your product. Right. Yeah, I agree. There are some free effects out there. I could probably send you over a list or I could probably put together a list. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Some of them are really good. Some of them are uh, are not so good, but, uh, you know. So right right now, I did, did you ever uh, jump on this when Positive Grid came out with the Riff? I did. I, I know I bought mine like pre-sale, early bird special or whatever. Right. I'm impressed with it compared to what I was using was the iRig HD. I don't know what was wrong with that particular product, but it seemed like after a while it would just cut out and die. And I don't know if it was a user error or a hardware error or what it was. I've never had any issues with the Rift. Right. It's built really well. Right. I really just haven't. I, I use, um, what is it, Tone Bridge is the app that I use to get effects. And what I'm finding now is that some of the stuff that I'm like, ooh, I want to try to learn that, nobody's built any effects for it. So now, uh, I guess, what do I do? Do I just start building effects for it? You could. I mean, there's probably a way to do it. Yeah. Um, they do, don't they have like a cloud or something that you can? No, I think, so I think if you go with their software, and I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I think you're correct. I think... Um, I think there is a thing in as a monthly charge or something or yearly charge on it or something. Yeah, they, I do know, what is it? I think it's Bias FX2. That, that's made by Positive Grid. Right. And I think that's their pedal board software. And it looks really cool. It looks like it's gaining a lot of traction compared to what it was or last time I looked at it. Right. But I just use, here, if I go into my phone, I use the Tone Bridge app, which I don't really think that anybody supports this thing anymore. Huh. So I can go in the app, I can create, I can go into Workshop, create a preset, and uh, let's see here, it comes up with a noise gate, head unit, and an amp, and then I can click the plus and and okay let's just choose i don't even know what half of this stuff is that's how sad it is okay they have a they have a delay right uh, i'm trying to look and see if they have a reverb they probably do yeah, but that's my problem though is that it, i don't really like i i don't know anything right i'm just like i know that if i if i've done my research if uh, i i'm trying to think of the i'm trying to find the company what positive grid no not positive grid I think it's JSA or JHS is the company I was looking at. Okay. Yeah. So they have the JHS three series. So the, basically what they've done is they've created, uh, I think it's like seven or eight pedals. They have an overdrive. They have a fuzz. They have a distortion, a chorus, a reverb, and basically a hundred bucks a piece. So basically you could spend seven or 800 bucks on just these eight pedals and you basically have everything you need right to begin right so sure that because they've made it so simple i understand what it is and what it's supposed to do but when i go into this app and i i see a name like the juicer what the hell's the juicer do, does it make everything uh, sound like orange juice i i don't know <laughs> no i i don't know they don't have like a 
an information button on there or something like that? It says, modeled on the Dan Armstrong orange squeezer, squeeze every last drop of juice from your tone with the juice compression pedal. Okay. So, I mean, I guess pop it in there and see what it does. Right. Sounds to me like it's a compressor. Well, you didn't get that by the description, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's what it sounds like. It sounds like some sort of compressor. So, yeah, I, I guess for presets and stuff like that, I, I would just have to spend some time, sit down, and play around and figure out what's what. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to get creative, what you got to do is you got to sit down, you got to think about the sound you're trying to create, and then try to come up as close with that sound as you can. It's a it, it try to even maybe achieve a different sound or something like that. Like, you can tell, um, to give you an example, you can tell... Stevie Ray Vaughan sound from B.B. King and from Eric Clapton, from a lot of those sure. uh, top performers. They all have a different sound. They all have a different, I mean, when I hear somebody on the radio, I'll say like, oh, that's uh, SRV, you know, that's, uh, or that's B.B. King or that's Albert King or somebody, because I, I recognize their unique tone that they had during, you know, during the time that they played. And that's what, uh, that's what a lot of this is about, just coming up with that, unique tone like even Dwayne Allman very good guitarist just has a really really unique tone uh Warren Haynes fantastic guitarist another one unique and I think that in older music and I guess I'm gonna say that meaning like I don't know maybe early 90s and older I think that you could really listen to something and know an artist but I feel like after that, it's just kind of, oh, I know that song. There's not really a specific sound or anything like that. That is true. I mean, um, I will say that. Me. And you're calling me old. I know no, I'm, I'm not calling you old because I was sitting there at work today and I had uh, one of the soldiers come in and was just helping me out. And we were going through some records and stuff like that. And uh, we got to a, a soldier's birthday and uh, the, the, the gal goes, Oh, that was the year my dad was born. And I'm like, I'm older than your dad. Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. I know. I know the feeling. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm uh, the old grandpa in my neck of the woods for some weird reason. Yeah. I'm up there in age, and uh, uh, I like a lot of the old stuff, but I do like the new stuff. It's, uh, I learned both things, but uh, I just like, the guitarists that have the really, really unique sounds. Yeah. And you, they really they really stand out. Like even Joe Bonamassa. You know? Oh, and you're excited for that concert. I, I can tell. I I am. I mean, Billy Gibbons. Billy Gibson. Billy Gibbons. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Can't talk. Uh, another another good guitarist. Uh, I mean, uh, there's a lot of them out there. And uh, even we mentioned uh, in the first episode, um, uh, Kingfish. With his, uh, what is it, Empty Promises. Oh, yeah, that was the, I, for me, that was the one that was like, oh, who is this guy? Yep, very, uh, very good guitarist. But uh, even Eric Clapton, I mean, he's been around forever, but uh, the songs he produces, you know, they very distinct. You know? Oh, okay. So this is, as like we talked about last uh, episode uh, about Alvin Lee. And, you know, I created a playlist okay. based off of Alvin Lee. And I ran across a song called Riding the Blues, Snowy White, uh -huh. The White Flames. 
Okay. What can you tell me about that song? Because I can't find, if I try to search anything about this song, it brings me back to Alvin Lee's The Bluesiest Blues. Oh, I believe that's the album it was on, but I'm not sure about that. Um, I don't know uh, the names of those songs. I do not recognize, but uh, if I heard them, I probably would because I've listened to a lot of his stuff. See, Alvin Lee, I don't know if you know this, but uh, he does a lot of, he uh, uses arpeggios mm -hmm. with a lot of his stuff. And uh, I don't know if you know what an arpeggio no, is. No, no. I mean, I've heard of it, but I, I, I don't know. It's where, take for instance, you take an A chord, mm -hmm. okay, and then you pluck each string to create the A chord. You go all the way down, all the way back up. That's You arpeggiate the chord. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, I mean, you're doing that. If, you, if uh, the song that I sent you over to learn that one time, um, I, something about the world change or something like that. Uh, Can't make, uh, trying, yeah, so I... Trying to make the... I thought it was, I thought it was uh, Lost in Love for some reason. Nope. Because, see, you, there's so many things that if anybody's listening will be like, what are these guys doing? What are they talking about? Because we're just kind of all over the place and... It's something like, if I recall, I'd like to change the world. Okay, uh, I'd love to change the is all it says. Yeah, it's a, it's I'd love to change the world. I could totally see where if you had that symbol or that hi hat, whatever that is, that that's that's in there. Like, I could totally see if you had that playing in the background, you'd be able to match that up pretty good. Yep, or you can count in your head. Yeah, I, I, not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I do that yeah, a every lot. time. I every time I count in my head, I get an overdraft fee. There you go. I don't blame you. <laughs> that I don't. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I like that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, that song is uh, he arpeggiates a lot of it, and then he uh, he goes to bar chords after that. All the open chords are arpeggios, and uh, then he uh, does bar chords, and they're all strummed. Yeah. I, now, actually, now that I know the song, I can actually listen to it. I've been trying to find, for whatever reason, I don't know, I looked at it and I I thought of that other song. I thought I read one song, so I looked it up, and I'm like, mm, I, where where is this at? This this doesn't even sound familiar. Right. The other song, uh, the other song that I talked about on his on the first episode that we had was I'm Going Home. I, by Alvin Lee. I did uh, catch the um, the YouTube video on that after after that episode dropped. Yep, that was that uh, was pretty think? pretty interesting. Yeah, he goes he goes at it for about ten mm -hmm. minutes, and uh, he plays pretty fast. And that's what I said back in the back in what sixty nine. Yeah, 68, 68, 69, 69. somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, that was like a lot of people. Just didn't hear that type of uh, stuff. It was like uh, when Marty McFly uh, was at the uh, high school dance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess, Chuck Berry yeah, too. Yeah, 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 I guess y'all aren't ready for this yet. Your kids will love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That was that was a good show. Yeah. Good movie, I should say. So let's jump back real quick into uh, utilizing the iPad for, uh, okay. for just... You know, the sake of, you said that you used what? Cubase as your recording software? Cubasis. 
Okay. Is that so? Do they make a program for the desktop and the iPad, or is it just yes. iPad only? No, no. It's uh, actually they make. Um, you can get it uh, on the iPhone. Okay. And you can get it for the iPad. It's one price for both. I think it's like so, twenty nine. So you bucks you or... buy it once, you get it for all your devices, except for the uh, the Mac. Oh yeah, of course. So the Mac is um, the Mac would be Cubase. And I think they're up to currently up to version eleven. Okay, Charlie Uniform Bravo Alpha Sierra India Sierra. Yeah, I should have said that. Okay, yeah, got you. Okay, yeah. So uh, yep. full feature set. Um, what's, oh, what's today's okay. price? Okay, yeah, economy. Price of wood's gone up. That uh, that yep. hundred dollar Squire is now three hundred bucks. Yep. How much is it? Uh oh, well, so just the uh oh crap. Okay. Uh Q Basis L E, I'm assuming light or limited edition is free. Right. Uh for yep. the uh, full feature set, $29.99. And then they have a DAW and studio for $49.99. Right. I have the $49.99. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to take a look at that. Right. And then the other thing is is that for some of the um add-ons you know that uh, they charge they, there's like a five dollar charge or a 250 250 uh, i'm sorry two dollars and fifty cents charge some of the things i can't remember they do have um, right they do have a lot of plugins that maybe there's 10 plugins or eight plugins for it and they're, they're pretty decent plugins so everything yeah, cool. you need to make music. If I were to purchase this, is that like everything I need? Does that have everything? Or so you're saying there's add-ons? Yes, there are. There's some FX uh, add-ons to it. Um, I don't know what they are. I think uh, uh, there might be a drum kit. There's uh, there's a few other things. It should show you. I'll have to I'll have to check it out. I mean, I just I have the iPhone 13 Pro Max. I think it's like a it's got to be about a seven inch screen or something like that. But then how do I hook, okay, so how do I hook my iPhone, my guitar into my iPhone? Well, you need a camera adapter. Okay. And, yeah, I would not get the, I bought a cheap one online. It did not work. I had to go out and get the original Apple camera adapter. I think it was like okay. $34. And then um, that what has is, a lightning connector that... and... But, no, I was, I was just going to ask you, so is it just a USB, like a um, uh, regular USB port and a lightning connector for power? Okay. Yes, yeah. Okay. And what you can do is, uh, then what I do is I have a powered USB. So, because what, what happens is the iPad, the iPad cannot give you enough power to drive the another device. Like if you want to hook up, a, let's say, an audio interface or something like that, okay. there's not enough power. So what happens is you need a powered hub. So put a powered hub in there and you're 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 good to go. Okay. So but along along those lines is see my iPad only has like 32 gig. I have an older iPhone uh sorry, older iPad. It's got 32 gig. So I don't have that much room on there. So what I do is I have an SSD card mm -hmm. and I have a, one of those little portable SSD drives and I okay. plug that into the to the uh, hub or to the powered USB hub, so it drives that, and I can move stuff back and forth from the from the iPad to the drive. Would you Would you so be I able to have... hook up like an external USB device, like a, a USB drive, in there and use that the same way? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything Anything that uh, is compatible with the 
uh, USB A type stuff. Okay. You know anything? Uh, I've hooked up. Um, I got a digital piano, mm-hmm. and I hooked that up to it, and it works just fine. Interesting. Okay, so you got you've got your iPad, you've got right. you've got the adapter, you've got a powered USB hub, so you can hook a couple different things up to it, and those devices will get power. Right. And then you have to have, like you said, the the H six or I think Focusrite no. makes an well no well you have to have an audio interface now the I think the H six can be used for one it can I, but, I have uh, used it yeah a lot of people get the, they pick up the Focusrite the, what is it the two i two or uh, something like that yeah it but yeah it might be I don't use that I use a an audio an audio and uh, ID four is what i use so the h6 can be used as an audio interface but it only works in a singular channel so if you have six things plugged into the h6 it's all going to be mixed down into one channel right but what you can do is you can take and you can uh, to give you an example take a backing track Mm -hmm. put the backing track put the back load the backing track onto track uh one of Cubase's. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then what you do is you can take your H6 and have that on channel two. Then what you can do is you can play your backing track and you can hear your backing track while you're recording your guitar on channel two. Okay. I mean, I can see how it would work, but I feel like the H6 though is a little bit of an overkill if you can only if you're only using it as a singular input. Yeah, that's you true. Know, compared to uh, you know, the was the the Focus 2i2 is only like what 70 bucks or something like that. Yeah, and there's cheaper ones out there too. You can uh, you can pick up I think the Steinberg is uh, is a lot cheaper and there's a few other ones that are you can get them for like 60 or 70 bucks. The 2i2 is 180. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, sure. Well, price. now you've got the um, the Scarlet Solo. Oh, that's the one I was thinking about. Yeah, I'm sorry. yeah, that one's only 120. What about uh, something cheaper than that? Like the there's a Steinberg. I don't know what the model number is. There's there's a few. Uh, of them. Let's see. Price low to high. That's what I like. Show me the cheap stuff. Yep. Uh, M Audio has a solo USB audio interface for 50 bucks. There you go. You can use that. What is this? Uh, Zoom U22 Handy Audio Interface, 50 bucks. I, I do like Zoom. I, I really do like the Zoom products. You know, as long as as long as it has good drivers, you know, and as long as you don't get, as long as you don't get like pops and cracks and stuff like crackles and stuff like that, I think you're okay. And also some of that can be done, some of that can be caused by uh, when you record, there's a few settings that you have to set that, uh, you know, like buffer size and stuff like that, you might want to increase or decrease based on if you're getting those snap, crackle, and pop. Right. Yeah, I I get that every once in a while, and I have to adjust my gains and figure out where I can get the volume I want without getting all the crackle and pop. No, you'll have to check out the Zoom U2 Handy audio interface. It actually looks like for 50 bucks, that has a lot of uh, features. Looks really good. Yeah. Again, that's a that's a single interface though. You're not uh, you're, you're obviously probably not going to record a podcast uh, with two or three people in the room with something like this. But if you're no something like that, looks like it would be a, a a good way to hook a guitar up to your iPhone or your iPad or whatever you got. Really, right? One of the one of the biggest mistakes that I made when playing, you know, 
as I was playing guitar, is to sit down and just play, you know, and not have like a backing track. Backing tracks, you know, it's the timing. It's either you're going to have to sit there and you're going to have to count the time or tap it on your foot or something like that. But just to sit there and do scales all the time and up and down the neck, it just it, it just doesn't do anything for you. And by having a backing track, you can learn different things, learn different notes, um, do sort of more melodic stuff while you're, you know, while you're recording. And if you and when the best thing is when you're done, you play it back and you listen to it and you say, wow, you know, it, let's say 60 seconds into it, you say you mark down on a piece of paper and say, I really don't like that. I want to try something different Well, you can loop that area. And just try different things until you get something that really sounds good and then incorporate it back in there. And voila, you got a really nice, uh, you got a, either a nice solo or, or a nice piece of uh, music to work uh, with. I, I think it'd be cool. I, and I'm actually going to try to, because I know that GarageBand on your phone or the iPad, it's easy to create little like uh, hi-hat loops and little drum beats and stuff like that. And I've always wanted to play around with that, so I might. Because I don't have any backing right. tracks that I, I guess. Hell, that's a good question. Is it a backing track that you create, or is it something you download from somewhere? What exactly do you mean by a backing? Track? Oh, backing track is just something that uh, either. Well, in my case, since I play guitar, um, I don't want anything with a guitar in it. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll find a backing track maybe out on the net. Um, there's plenty of places that offer backing tracks. You can buy them. You can get them down for free. You know, I mean, there's some stipulations whether you can, if you if you do a recording, you can't like sell it. You know what I'm saying? On some of the backing tracks, you know, because they're, you know, I mean, just the way things are. Uh, but then there's a lot of times I, re, I build my own backing tracks, like I said in the first episode. And I really like that because I can, I can do whatever I want. I can put a, a drum roll here. I can do different, create different effects with different instruments and, you know, go from there. The, the best thing that, the best thing that re I really like is listening. Here's what I do a lot is I'll listen to a song and then I'll take the song and I'll listen to the drums and I'll try to recreate the drums on a piece of software, you know, on like, uh, like I have Easy Drummer and um, Easy Drummer 3. Uh, by I think it's by Tune Tracks, and uh, which is a is which is a fabulous piece of software in what it can do. I mean, I can basically say, hey, I want uh, I can create a, a a backing track, and the BPM is like uh, ninety nine or a hundred, and I can just say, hey, I can load it into a, a, a DAW, and just take and experiment with different drum tracks at that at that. Uh, uh, BPM and come up with something I like. That's kind of where I was going at earlier, though, is, you know, I, I'm starting to listen to new music that I haven't listened to. And I really like that really slow, like, like bluesy, you know, where it's just, you know, a, like I said, a cymbal or a hi-hat, you know, and that's really it. And then you just come in there and you play the guitar. And I'm like, I should be able to get into GarageBand or some sort of software and figure out how to reproduce that yeah i mean you can go as far as i mean i started out that way with drums you know doing the drums and then i went on to doing bass guitar and uh, at first uh, well i do have a bass guitar now i have a squire 
Um, but uh, I have a Fender. I think it's a jazz. Yeah, it's a jazz bass. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. anyhow. Oh, yeah. You uh, got the Squire, like Fender jazz yeah, Squire. bass. Okay. Yeah. Like, first thing there, I was like, wait, you got two basses? No, I got one. Mm-hmm. But for a long time, what I was doing was I was taking and uh, uh, there's an old trick that I learned uh, while just playing around and talking to people. There's a trick that I learned in, um, in Ableton was really good at this. I mean, there's a lot of pieces of software that are really good with it. It's not only Ableton. It's uh, I have Ableton. I have Bitwig. I have uh, GarageBand. I have Logix. Uh, uh, I think the only one I don't have is, uh, well, there's a few of them. I guess the Windows, none of the Windows I have. But anyhow, uh, getting back to the uh, DAW, what I would do is I would, I would take and I would play the bass on my lower notes on my guitar. And then what I would do is I would go in and take a, a synth. I would put an FX on the channel, you know, a, a, a plug-in on the channel, synth plug-in, and I would go down a full octave, maybe two octaves. And it would almost sound like a bass. Oh, you okay, know? yeah. Wait, so you were telling me that you were trying to get that bass sound. Um right. But but it uh, it just doesn't it just doesn't sound as real or whatever whatever. Yeah, I mean, to my to a lot of people it sounded really good, but to my ears it just it sounded just a little on the fake side. Um, I could tell, and uh, so the the real bass is actually a, a real plus to have, and you know you can pick up you can pick up a bass for pretty cheap. I happen to get that one for pretty cheap. So somebody. Um, Somebody, uh, a friend of a friend, uh, took took bought the guitar and plugged it into a nine volt battery or something, <laughs> just straight into a nine volt battery and burnt the fried the fried the pickups, and uh, maybe it was twelve volts. I don't know. It was some sort of battery and fried the pickups. And so what I did is I put all uh, I bought it for like uh, I think it was twenty five bucks or something like that or fifty bucks, and uh, I put all new pickups in it and and. Uh, replace the electronics you know the tone controls and stuff like that so and it sounds pretty good i i think that's fun too replacing the electronics because uh i i know on uh the my squire strat you replaced all the electronics in that for me yes I did. uh and and i just i did that i think that's I, that was my the first guitar i bought and that's a whole nother story but you know whatever uh-huh. yeah. and I you replaced did- the I even did the pickups. I wound yeah, the pickups you, on that. Yeah, you wound yeah. the pickups. You've literally replaced everything but the the body itself and, and the, body the neck. And the of neck course, yeah. But, yeah. Um, and then I think about uh, either right before you did that or about the same time, I picked up my uh, Samic, which is a double humbucker Strat, yep. and that one was fairly easy. Like I, I got it so cheap, it was ridiculous. I'm like, I don't care if I mess this up. So I've replaced all the uh, the electronics. I kept the pickups, but I replaced all the electronics. And I, I love that guitar. It's for I think I paid forty bucks for it on eBay. Yep. And it's it's worn, it's abused, you know. I mean, uh, but it still plays great. And that's I I just have fun uh, doing the electronics and tearing it apart and figuring that stuff out. But the uh, Squire Fender that was. That, that when you showed me the wiring inside that, I was like, mm, nope, not, I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, uh, a yeah. whole lot like, of stuff going on in a little itty bitty space. I like doing that and uh, wiring. Uh, we can talk about that in another episode too. 
there's a lot of different configurations out there that you can uh, you can wire up for different you can get different tones that way too so that's a whole nother yeah. subject oh yeah we definitely got uh, the, the first couple of episodes uh, they're going to be kind of like this just kind of um you know having some conversation maybe be a little bit all over the place um but you know just kind of working out the little bugs trying to figure out uh, how to get exactly where we want to be but you know it'll happen it'll come with time and uh hopefully here in the near future we can actually uh get some guitars hooked up and and maybe try to learn something real quick yep uh, you know i suggest some easy stuff recording i am recording all right this is tim this is rick <laughs> what was that? line that up <laughs> <laughs>